Welcome, friends. We are so glad to have you with us for another episode of The Collective Podcast, where we strive to serve the church and bless the city. Each episode is going to encourage us through highlighting beautifully ordinary women living extraordinary lives of faithfulness. These women come from all areas of life, all ages, stages, and places, and I hope that the lives of these women challenge us to be all God has created us to be, and I hope it calls us toward our next step of faithfulness, our next best yes. Well, friends, today's episode is another in a series of episodes that we got to do back in quarantine, which feels like forever ago, but it was really only a few months ago. We got to do a TV show on Watermark TV called Collective Live, and the heart was just to highlight women, just like we are on the podcast, living lives of amazing faithfulness, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And so today's episode is no different. I got the chance to interview the founder of If Gathering and a New York Times bestselling author, Jenny Allen, and specifically on a topic that she knows so well, just about combating our negative thoughts. During that time, it was all about taking our thoughts captive in the midst of COVID-19. But man, now, even more than ever with a country that's in the midst of racial and political upheaval, we need to take our thoughts captive. We need to remember what it says in 1 Corinthians 3, that we have the mind of Christ. And now, this is not ever something that we live in complete victory over, but hopefully we're growing. I know for my own life, I used to just be a completely passive observer in the movie of the thoughts that were in my mind. I sat back, and if you were to hear some of the thoughts that were in my head, they were so, so unkind to myself. I would have never let anyone speak to anybody I love the way I'll let my own heart speak to myself. And so we have to first, in order to fight this, we have to first identify those negative thoughts. We have to recognize that they're false, they're from the liar, and we have to remember that when we fight these thoughts, we fight them not with weapons of the earth, we fight them not with weapons of flesh, we fight them with weapons of the spirit. And so I'm really excited for us to delve in and for you to hear my interview today, and I pray that as you listen, you're going to come away with a little more fight in you. So enjoy my interview with Jenny Allen. Jenny, hi. hi. This is so fun. Thank you for being here with us today at Collective Live. I love it. This is so fun for me. I'm just so glad. To get to see my friend face to to face. To get to have friends. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to ask you about a bajillion questions, but I'm going to try to slow my roll. Okay. Just a little bit. And kind of, guys, what you have today is such a treat in this woman, not only because of what she's accomplished, but just because of who she is, that I kind of needed her to just go ahead and be my co-host today. <laughs> and so okay. what we're going to talk about first is quarantine. I don't know about you all, but at the beginning of quarantine, this was my stature. I've got this. I've got recipes. I'm going to read a book with actual paper. I am going to create structure in my life. I'm going to go into quarantine like Jabba the Hutt, and I'm going to Uh come out like a swimsuit model. Yeah. And so that was my plan. Okay. You're more ambitious than me. I I I will say I got into it, and I was like, I can take naps. I can sleep till 8.30. (laughs) 
I, I approached it very differently than you. Well, I have come to your ground. Okay. <laughs> because the, the job of the hut thing, it's more, we're now in this place more where we're like pursuing the COVID-19. Right rather than um, really committing to that Peloton that I bought, you know, the fake Peloton. <laughs> it's not happening as much as I thought it was going to happen. And now it's kind of more like, I'm tired of Zoom. I'm tired uh, of the screen. I, yep. Originally, I was like, I'm going to keep up with all my friends all the time. And now it's just looking really different. Yep. Yep. And sometimes I think that even the Lord has used that for me. I know at least this last week, because I got into a place where I was thinking, man, Lord, something's off. And mm -hmm. we talked about this. I was mm -hmm. like, I just feel a little numb to the grittiness that I usually have. And the Lord was so kind. He gave me this song that we actually just sang to start off the show. And it's called Lean Back by Capital City. And the lyrics literally like brought me to tears, brought me mm -hmm. to my knees. What it says is I'll lean back into the loving arms of the beautiful father and I'll mm -hmm. breathe deep and know that he's good. He's a love like no other. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, just the constant reminder, I go, when I'm doubting the Lord, I go into like, have I displeased you, Lord? Have I, you know, in my struggles, am I doing something that's frustrating you? And what he used that song to remind me of is you're mine and I love you. And you lean back into me and then you go and obey mm. out of a place of the beloved and not just because you think you're going to gain some sort of um, good measure with me if you do all the right things, you know? Mm. It has been so powerful. And what it's done is it's, we talk a lot about it on the show, Jenny, where we say um, one of the things we want to do as we inspire people is we're going to give people the drive and the chutzpah. Are you familiar with the word chutzpah? Yeah, but I can't say it like that. It's the glottal. It's the <laughs> chutzpah. <laughs> so that you can go, okay. and I say it like a Jewish mother yeah. because it is an amazing word. And that you're then going to ready, yeah. be ready to like go back out into your day and like conquer okay. it. No yeah. matter what. I like it. So the stakes that are high. That song didn't make me think I want to conquer something. Right. It made me want to curl up and... But once you've snuggled... Then you want to go. Then you want to go. Yeah. That was what the Lord was teaching me, is that you can't just try to go just on your own strength. you got to snuggle, and then you go. Okay. Okay. So, Jenny... Let's talk. You're a bringer of joy oh, to my you. life. Thank you. That makes me so happy. Truthfully, you are. Oh. And I have been so excited to have you here today. And I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Okay. I can't wait. And so the first one, and perhaps most important, you are, I know you don't care about this stuff, but it's important. You are on the New York Times bestselling list for this <laughs> book that you have done that has frankly messed with my emotions in a lot of ways. Mm. It, we did a pilot Bible study for it here a while ago, and it's incredible. And so inquiring minds need to know, Jenny. Yes. Have you gotten out of your head? No. No. You haven't? No. No. That I'm, yes. I am a seven on the Enneagram, so there's no getting out of my head. Like I literally am forever. In your head. In my head. But here's what I would say, and you're part of what God's used to do this for me, is I've learned to call people faster. I've learned to Rather than spiral for a really long time, I, I stop it faster. And I think yes. that's, that's my takeaway from this process. Of, I mean, it's two to three years to write a book, right. starting from research stage, which I'm already in the next book. It blows my mind. Um, so you work for years. And then, you know, hopefully that changes your life. You yes. know, especially this one, I went in as someone who really was curious for myself because I knew I have to... 
I have to grow in this area. And, and I realized I didn't realize how much power that I had over my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that scared me mm-hmm. that I had gone so long without kind of embracing that authority, that God-given authority over my mind. And so when I realized that I'm seminary trained, I've grown up in the church, at healthy churches, and I didn't know this, that maybe this was something other people. And I'm not saying no one had ever told me. I'm just saying it was. I was never trained how to do it. And so it, it got me excited because I thought, wow, this could really change things for people if they realize this. And you have found that to be yeah. a resounding yes. And yeah. just because, even for my own life, it has been transforming mm. to do that hard work because it is hard work. And for those of you all that don't know, Jenny's latest book, Get Out of Your Head, is about really breaking those toxic thought spirals. And I think the thing that goes into my head is one idea of we have the mind of Christ. If you are in Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. You can break those thoughts and you don't have to be an act. You can be an active participant in them rather than what I was doing. I remember confessing this to you when we first did the study. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm watching a movie. Like I'm watching. We're we're passive. I'm passively being a victim to the thoughts that I actually have control over. Yes. That is exactly what's happening. And, and so just the knowledge of, hey, I don't mm-hmm. have to passively take this anymore. I can actually shift everything. The, just that knowledge is so freeing for people yeah. and the power that God's given us. And, and really recognizing this is so much bigger than having negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, the self-help movement, I did all the reading in that world. And what I found was a lot of helpful tools mm-hmm. that honestly are somewhat biblical, a lot of them. Totally. Um, and they're based and rooted in what we know about the brain, which God built. So that shouldn't surprise us. But, but what I know is that it was so limited because that power and authority for us is so clearly from the Holy Spirit and from God. And then also that, that we don't treat it like it's a war. There is a great... Um, verse, a few verses in 2 Corinthians 10 that talks about this. And, and some of them will be familiar to people, but it's, you know, it ends with take every thought captive. Well, the first few verses are all warfare language that Paul is talking about the mind. And he's saying, you know, you, you have weapons, divine weapons to destroy strongholds. But the verse before that says, but we don't fight we fight spirit with spirit. So this is a spiritual issue. And I think yes. for the church to address it in a really powerful way with authority, that we have authority over these patterns of talk. Now, I'm not saying we can just speak over our right. mental illness and that that's taken care of. Right. Um, that is not what I'm saying. I believe in medicine. I believe in you know counseling when needed, Christian counseling. However, I do believe that these patterns that the scripture is so clear about, they do change the way we think, even if we struggle with mental illness. So, Well, and I think the thing that I can struggle with sometimes is that process is so, if I can be honest, it's cumbersome because we say this in marriage all the time, my husband's in marriage ministry. Like if you're not fighting for oneness, you're going to be like floating away from each other yeah. and, and pulling apart. And I find that in this fight too. And it's, I almost know the question before I answer it, but why is it so cumbersome? Yeah. Why does it have to be such well, a huge fight all the time? Actually, let me, let me actually surprise you with an answer and go to the neuroscience because truly your brain is building pathways. And so yeah. specifically when you have a negative thought, so let me give you some of the facts from science. 85% or more of your thoughts are negative. Mm, that's true. That's just general humankind. Mm-hmm. Um, 95% or more are repetitive from the day before. So we're stuck in the same talk. And numbers-wise, we have anywhere from 9,000 to 60,000 thoughts in a day. 
So when you hear the words, take every thought captive and you apply it to, Exhausting. for me, 60,000, like yeah. I'm on the high end You're of the spectrum. High. So when I apply that to the tens of thousands of thoughts that I'm having in a day, knowing that most of them are prone to negativity, hmm. what you find is you've got to rebuild patterns in your mind, which is exactly what Paul talks about again and again and again. Yeah. He says, think on these things, train your mind. Um, how are we going to change by the renewal of our mind? Right. There, there's a theme for Paul. He constantly talked about it, that, that our thoughts change everything. In fact, Proverbs says that as a man thinketh, so he is. Yes. That it literally is the most defining thing about us. Well, what's exciting about the science is the science will tell you that it takes 10 minutes from the time you think a thought till the time that thought builds physically a little... Uh, neuroplasticity city um, in your head, and you've got these little things called microtubules that are cells that are building structures in your brain around Mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. Well, for 10 minutes after you think a negative thought, your brain is building a little city. Well, that means at 85% negative thoughts that our brain, and repetitive at that, our brains have built empires that have just stood in our minds forever. So changing that can feel cumbersome. The good news is, though, just the same way we got ourselves in this mess, we can also rebuild and change it. And so a positive thought also only takes 10 minutes to build a new city. Mm -hmm. And so so choosing what Paul says in Philippians 4 is so scientific. He's he's like the way we're going to fight sin, the way we're going to change is by... You know, in Philippians, it's it's think on what is lovely, yes. what is true, what is good, what is noble. In um, Romans, it is to to renew our minds, and so yes. it's exciting. I actually just I have so much hope. I don't think I've ever yeah. released something with more hope mm-hmm. because it's like Bible and science says the same thing, and it really they, we really can change. They coexist together, and they don't contradict one another. Have you even said that like the actual physical surface of your brain can change yeah, as yeah, you're I mean, making these thoughts? It's physiological. And I think Christians, we've done a poor job of really explaining the connection between our body and our mind. and our. Mm-hmm. We always start to think that sounds very new agey and yoga. I'm like, that is very <laughs> biblical. Like I went to seminary. I'm like, it is very biblical that, that we are um, embodied beings like that that our bodies and our minds and our these are not separated things that that Jesus came as a f- man with flesh and 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 that flesh mattered and and so i think when we take you know our our being as a whole and we go god has called you know called us the temple of the holy spirit that the protection of that and mm-hmm. and the way we sit and the way we think about how we should guard our minds I would say one of the main takeaways really practically that came out of this for me, at one, this all was predicated by a season of doubt where I had just basically let the enemy tell me whatever he wanted, night after night, 3 a.m., just boom, 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 again and again and again, never told anybody. Just, I mean, that was where I went wrong. But over time, what I saw, I didn't notice it was attack. I didn't, it just was subtle and slow. So subtle. It was creepy, just how, you know, putting questions in my mind and... Yep. But that was 18 months of doing that. Mm. And, and so when I look back at that, what, what made me real feisty to do this project was just the realizing how fast and how powerful I could have been over that. Yeah. So what it looks like now for me is I will interrupt. I want I notice my thoughts. And, yeah. and there's a whole process. I mean, you write things down. and The noticing was the biggest part for mm-hmm. me. That was the biggest shift in my yep. mind. I was like, I wasn't even noticing them. Isn't that, isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, it is a little hard to believe. Because we're, we're talking to ourselves all day. That's what our thoughts are. So, so you interrupt them. You interrupt them. You notice them. And then you've got to say, okay, what is, what is it? Because 60,000 thoughts feels overwhelming. But when you think of it as um, more, you know, there's probably a theme to it. You know, you're not just thinking 60,000 
thoughts in different directions. You're really thinking thoughts that are in a similar trajectory. So then you can start to find kind of what is the big thing in my life. You know, I'm worried about my kids. Yes. Or right now it could be I'm worried about our finances. And so you start to see when you jot all those thoughts down, you start to see kind of some themes. And and then it's easier. It doesn't feel like I've got a million thoughts. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to war with these two or three things that seem to be reoccurring. And so how you interrupt it, and this is, this is so, so simple, it's almost embarrassing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is, I, you know, what, what I wanted when I set this out was when I found out we had 60,000 thoughts potentially, I thought we cannot take all of those thoughts captive. What is one thought that could shift all the others? And it was so clear to me. And it had come to mind as I'd been in small groups with friends, counseled women. This thought had come to my mind constantly. And it was this we really do have a choice. Yeah. Like we don't have to spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. You really can shift your thinking. Then I did the work and I, the biblical work and the scientific work and I realized, oh no, that's biblical and that's scientific. Yes. We do have a choice. I wasn't just, you know, wanting to call my sisters up when I'm with them and, and hearing their problems. Right. The same ones for three years. I, I actually really was speaking truth over them that God has given us a choice. Now, again, I cannot emphasize this enough. I'm not saying we have a choice whether we have a propensity to anxiety or depression. Right. That's not, I'm talking about our common base level thought patterns that we, we think every day, but interrupting them. And so what that interruption looks like is a lot of things. God's given us a lot of tools, like he talked about in 2 Corinthians 10, that he's given us divine weapons. There's a lot of those. And, and specifically, you know, I, I boil it down to um, the people of God, the word of God, and the spirit of God. And I saw all three of those things as absolutely required when I walked out of that 18-month season of doubt. I, I saw those three things come in play and help reshape my mind. And now people would say, after 18 months, do you still have those thoughts? At first I did. And at, you know, I'd say it was about six weeks where I felt like I was tooth and nail fighting. We were yeah. praying. We were fasting. My friends and I, um, it was a full-on war. But then it, it receded, and I would say now it's, it's really almost never. But You start yeah. to fight from a different, a different position. Like, yes. Like, kind of like what I was saying earlier. Like if you're, if, you're, if you're moving from the place of beloved, you're fighting from a place of victory and strength rather than— and I, I notice myself slipping back into it, and I'll have to give myself like, like between me and the Lord pep talks, of like this is not who you made me to be. Mm-hmm. Like this is— like the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into and is safe. Like that is who I am in you. And so I would think girls that hear this probably go to one of two are built one of two ways. And so you may not say anything different, but would you say anything different to, okay, maybe a girl who's like, okay, I'm going to take A plus B plus C and I'm going to go do it. There may be more of the legalism side of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything Jenny tells me to do and it's going to work. And then there's another girl, maybe more wired like me, who's like... <laughs> more licentious, more, and that's just a big word for, you know, more prone to give yourself too much freedom rather than too little. And so what would you tell somebody who's wired those two ways? If they're trying to pursue and trying to get a hold of their thoughts, what would you tell them? Well, what's good news is I'm this girl too, you know, we're the same like that. (laughs) Um, I, I'm not like disciplined day in and day out is not my strong suit. I have to fight for that. And so I would have been overwhelmed by that idea that, that this was going to be a war and I was going to have to really claw my way out. But I was desperate enough. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And I think if we're desperate enough, we'll, we'll really reach for the handles that could help. And the handles that can help aren't surprising, 
but they aren't the handles that we reach to to cope. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. The difference is we like the things to cope. Where's my phone? You know, it, it's literally yes. a drug, and so you you feel it's like oxygen. It distracts you. It numbs you. Netflix, whatever, yeah. social media, all of it is is meant to distract us from doing the work. I mean, it literally is built to do that. They have labs that made it that way. Totally. More addictive, the more money, all that. So, so we've got to recognize that, that we've been coping mm-hmm. and not dealing. This happened mm-hmm. to me yesterday, and I can't believe I'm going to share this because it's so fresh, but um, Zach and I got in the first big fight we've had in, and, I, and we've had a hard marriage in the past, so it's, I'm not acting like we have this perfect marriage, but we've done the work, and our marriage yeah. is really easy and fun and good. Yes. We got into it yesterday, and it was the first time truly that big in years. Our kids were like, what is happening? Because we are just not quiet fighters. Right. And, <laughs> and we got into this fight, and he was, at the end of the day, he was like, Jenny, I am shocked that that escalated so high. And I said, and I, and I realized, I was like, you know why that escalated so high is it reminded me of ways I used to feel early in our marriage. Like mm, it triggered something it triggered. in me. And today I woke up and I was like, you know, I'm going to talk more about that with some friends. Didn't mean to talk about it on the TV, but here you go. Okay. I'm going to talk about that with some friends. And, and I'm going to do that work because I, what I saw yesterday was something I didn't realize was some of the hurt from mm-hmm. even earlier is still there for me. And I don't want to live that way. And I think we've got to be people that, that notice things about ourselves and say, you know what? I need to pay attention to that. Yes. And not just zone out again and right. cope again because that stuff does build up. It has residual impact. It's going to affect. So the spiral in the book is, and it, it's not surprising. None of this is rocket science. The, um, the thoughts lead to emotion. The emotions lead to thoughts. The thoughts lead to behaviors. The behaviors impact relationships. Right. So when you look at that pattern of, of that spiral again and again and again, all of it bumping into each other, this affects every part of our lives. So true. And so we've got to be those that are that are eager to do the work. Yes. So for the licensed, the the ones that like to be free, uh-huh. I would just say it's worth it. Yeah. And it's not like I'm saying um, you have to do it a certain way. It's that you grab the people of God, the Word of God, and the Spirit of God in your life and apply it with authority again and again yes. and again. That's so fun. We say that all the time at our church. We God use His Word, His Spirit, and His people. Mm. And it's... I think it's so interesting that if you try to like hold that line with without one of those really important elements, you're not you're not able to like really get a firm grasp on the work that you're trying to do. So I think that's so good. Okay, last question, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, there's a girl that's out here that's sitting that's in one of a myriad of different situations. Whether it's she feels alone among a house full of children. Or she feels alone because her kids are grown up and she has to stay at home. And um, she wants to do this. She wants to fight. But she just... She's tired. She's tired. Yeah. What would you tell her? Well, and I know this is for women, but I do want to say, because a lot of women listening are going to have their husbands listen later, because I don't think this is a female problem. No, not at all. And I want to say that really clearly, because this is a human problem, Mm -hmm. and that's biblical, and that's scientific. So um, what I would say to anybody that just feels like, I don't know if I can fight this or take this on, I would say that um, you cannot afford not to. And specifically those who are mothers, I would say, look at your kids and realize that you not dealing with this will affect them. Yeah. That you dealing with this will affect them in such a powerful such way. Such good ways. 
And, and so it's just worth it. I mean, the number one question I get, and we're about to do a podcast series on it, is I want to help my kid. And I'm like, the number one way, I can give you some principles. Right. I can tell you how to speak to your kid about this. But the number one way for your kid to have an emotional mind, I mean, a healthy mind and emotional life, is for you to have a healthy mind and emotional life. Right. And, and so you doing the work is going to give you the tools to help them. And sometimes we are motivated more by helping other people than we are by helping ourselves. Right. So true. But I would say it's not, the enemy would like us to believe that this is uber complicated. Mm-hmm. This is not that complicated. Not. Like you want to know the main way I fight right now is is with authority praying, Yes, you have no power over me. Right. And, and literally seeing the relief of that all, nearly instantly. I did it last night in our home because not only had Zach and I gotten in a fight, we'd had all these other weird things happen. And again, I'm not uber thinking the devil's around everything, but I'm also reading the Bible. And I'm like, First Peter the devil 5, 8, is there. Got an enemy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm also going to fight what, right. what Second Corinthians says. I'm going to fight spirit with spirit. And I'm yes. going to pray in the spirit that, that there would not be... Um, Anything having power over my mind, yes. having power over my emotions, my relationships, my behaviors. So I don't think we have to treat this like psychology 101. We yeah. have the spirit of God. Yeah. Psychology 101 is helpful. It's tools. So take as many tools as you want, but begin by realizing the authority you have over your yeah. mind and begin to pray that God would protect your mind. And, and that prayer... And that time with him is producing fruit. That's, That's what so scripture true. says. It's not that we have to force ourselves to be joyful or we have to try to, you know, re, you know, have self-control. It's that as we walk with God, mm-hmm. as we are with him, talking with him, meeting with him, loving him, walking with him um, in his word, those things are going to come out of our lives. That's and so that's true. the fun of it. Is, that is the fun of is it. Is keeping a relationship with him first and foremost. And that, you know, the fruit of that comes out. And so kind of ladies and gentlemen at home, what I hear kind of in summary is that you have to notice it. You have to name it. Um, you have to allow God's word, his spirit, and his people to infiltrate those thoughts. Know that you come from a place of victory, not a place of defeat. And I think too, what I would just want to say is like, don't believe the lie that you're alone. Mm. Um, I think that is one of the biggest lies that we could believe yeah. right now is thinking I'm alone and no one can understand what I'm going through. And at our church, we use this funny phrase called terminal uniqueness, which just means like, I am the only one experiencing the only thing that anyone could ever experience. It's the hardest. And it is hard. What you're going through is hard, just like what everybody else is going through is hard. And we're here for you. And don't keep it in. If there's something going on in your heart and your mind, share it with a trusted friend, take it to the Lord, fast, pray, ask for him to relieve you. And ultimately, we can't wait to see just the spirit of God uh, from a place of victory, just really continue to do what is the heart and mission of the collective, which is to transform the city of Dallas. And so you're a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. And um, thank yeah. you just yeah. for the opportunity to get to talk Thanks about it. I feel like me. I could ask you a million <laughs> more questions, but that is all the time we have. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to our interview today with Jenny Allen. I pray it was a blessing to you. And I just kind of want to ask us to, as we walk away from this episode, let's just think, where are we in our heads right now? How are you doing? There is so much noise. And while some of it might be causing an awakening in our hearts, and that might be a good thing, even though it feels hard, some of it might cause us to just feel paralyzed. And that is not the God that we serve. That's not how He wants us to act. The Holy Spirit, He convicts in specifics. And we know that when we feel that blanket of paralysis and guilt, that's the enemy. 
And so how are you doing? Is this current situation that we find ourselves in, is it paralyzing you in your negative thoughts? Or are you allowing God to move them forward? The verse that we referenced in this episode today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Verse 5 says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so that's just what I want to leave us with this morning. We are warriors in the army of God. If you've trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, walk on, good Christian soldier. You've got this. And also, if you don't yet know who Jesus is, if you haven't yet trusted in him as your Savior, man, it would be our joy to share not only who he is with you, but what he's done in our lives. Would you reach out to us? You can email us at collective at watermark.org. Or you can find us on social media on Instagram at watermark underscore collective. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We hope you come back, hit subscribe, leave us a review. And thanks for joining us today on The Collective Podcast.